Welcome to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. This is the only podcast that gives you a raw and unfiltered perspective of what it's really like to be a professional cheerleader. Whether you're currently on a pro team, an alumni, or really curious about what it takes to become a pro cheerleader, the Pro Cheerleading Podcast gives you all the inside scoop and hot topics in the pro cheerleading industry and in-depth interviews of current and former cheerleaders. I'm your host, Makiba. Join me every Wednesday as I reveal the truth behind the palms. Um, Thank you. I'm, I'm recording this on IG Live so people can kind okay. of understand what you do um, so that they can follow you and then um, they can be a part of the conversation. I think there's oh, something that might come up, like obviously within the comments of what okay. we're talking about. And I would love to see like people's general responses. Yes. I really appreciate the fact that you're, one, giving your time in this way. I mean, this is the Pro Chility Podcast has been around for just under three years now, and there's just so many similarities that I'm finding, obviously, with some of the issues that are going on in the industry, and a lot of professional dancers and cheerleaders that are part of these teams have the aspirations of dancing professionally in the industry when they retire, so the work that you're doing is so important, and I just really want to thank you for sharing your time and then just allowing this platform to help spread the message and so that people are able to learn and see the commonalities because there's just a lot of a lot of similarities and as much as I would love to like just dive into your whole entire career and background no have to let's take a dive oh my god let's take a dive I mean that could be like a whole separate interview but everybody just for the benefit of people who are on the podcast welcome to this episode I have the amazing Taja Riley with me today who whose credits are just beyond you can't even just list off a bunch of artists it's just gonna sound i don't know not enough athletes so we're not doing it we're not doing that okay i really really love working with all the artists i've gotten to work with and i feel very very blessed but i think the main the main event of what we're talking about is the best these cheerleaders these pro cheerleaders and these pro dance artists are artists as well so exactly Again, your career is very illustrious. And again, I'm just really impressed and inspired by, I would say, maybe more of late, the role that you've taken on as I saw dance industry activists. And I was like, that is an amazing way of capturing like the work that you've been doing as of late. And that's really the main reason I reached out to have you on part of the podcast was just to talk about some of the issues facing professional dancers and the role of the union in all of this. and just to really kind of open up the floor for that. So let's just start off, um, if you don't mind, just like educating the listeners about just some of the issues that are like the hot topics for you today that you have been addressing as of late on social media. Yeah, I mean, where do we start? I know, that's what what the question. (laughs) to uncover, but I would say that the the main topic of discussion is where the dance industry is now in comparison with the rest of the entertainment industry and the amount of respect, appreciation, and updating um, treatment and work conditions. And I think that there has been a failure to uplift, a failure to empower, and a failure to change the mindset of those in the production arenas and fields, the cast and crew fields on their perspective around the role 
of a movement creative. And I would just say at large, a movement creative, because we're talking about so many different things, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, like, from being behind the scenes on what happens in a rehearsal, uh, to being on stage and how we're cared for there, on tour, how we're cared for, when you want to talk about the exposure, uh, getting Mm -hmm. exposure versus actually getting paid um, from dance events, community health dance events, to the dance competition circuit and convention circuit, to, you know, leveling the playing field in terms of injury prevention and the education for that, um, health Mm -hmm. resources around dance artists and um, health benefits um, when it comes to the union, how we're uh, regarded and considered um, on jobs from TV and film to Broadway theatrical, commercial, industrial, and even like, you know, at large, the new media platform that's becoming more and more popular as a crossover for content going to TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, like streaming platforms, the streaming channels and networks that we have, like Netflix and Hulu, they're all new media. Um, And even uh, just the performance art arena too, uh, touching on the burlesque and the street performer circuit and underground um, freestyle circuit. Um, And yeah, like our, our world is so, large right it's so large and it's so small and yet we are not in a space where we feel united together um where we're receiving you know information on how to advance our systems advance our Mm -hmm. infrastructures enhance it but we're also not in a space where we can have muscle and power behind us due to the economic state of us at this far so i would say that's the topic really well that was (laughs) i love it no and i i know that was a loaded loaded question but um, but we'll dig into it we'll get into it one of the things that i saw in one of the articles or maybe it was one of your live sessions where you were just talking about like the the mentality of dancers where you're just working to eat and just knowing how real it is to obviously get those jobs and opportunities because that's what advances your career and often maybe doing that at the expense of fighting for some of these things that need to be changed. And so I find that it's somewhat similar in the pro chair space where there's the I'm very happy to be here mentality and there's this notion that's right that we're really lucky to be able to do what we do. But there's this attitude that we don't deserve more. Is that something that you struggle with as well in terms of the mentality, like you said, of dancers who may not feel empowered to push for better conditions? What I would say to that is, and this is for both dance artists and cheerleaders, Mm -hmm. I feel like it goes back into the root of our conditioning, you know, from a very young age. And I'm speaking from personal experience. So feel free on IG Live to chime in, feel free, you know, in your head, if you're the viewer that's listening to, you know, kind of pick your brain about if you were a dance artist or a cheerleader growing up in training and aspiring to be a professional, how Mm -hmm. was the system ran at your studio? How was the system ran at your school 
or your college and university like how are we taught and I think for me growing up I was taught working really long hours right yes I was breaked I had an amazing dance teacher shout out to Denise Wall's dance energy and Denise Wall Womble or Denise Wall and Travis Wall and the late and great Danny Tidwell for training me and bringing me up and really we were really hard workers we were a very poor studio Um, we weren't that well off in terms of you know how we could carry from convention convention competition and we were a very wholesome community you know and so we thought you know our culture and our lifestyle was to work for the quality of you know what could come from it you know and Mm -hmm. that's an appropriate way to be raised when you're training you're working 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 and trying to get better and and trying to push your limits and and trying to elevate the notoriety of your community and your your individual self so that you can get noticed by you know the world's greatest uh that are coming to Mm -hmm. judge or critique or you know teach you on these convention weekends and even if you're raised as a street performer you, you know, that hustle is very much like, you know, being raised in the projects and like, you know, like to, to be real, like right. the drug industry, like the underground drug industry. It's very much, it's a work, 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 hustle and flow. Awesome. And there's a, a certain thing about connections and who you know. There's a certain protocol to, you know, how you act in auditions or how you act in front of other leaders in the community. There's all of this stuff, right? Right. And we're also taught certain etiquette, right? That I'm not going to say it's mind control, right? But it's mind control. I was going to say, no. It's mind control. It's giving, um, you know, oppression a little bit in, in a way, you know? Yeah. And, it, and it's just the hint of that oppression that carries on to when you get into the professional atmosphere and you think, you know, you can't look the artist, the dance, the, the music artist in the eye. You can never look them in the eye. You can never talk to them. You can't, you, like, you, know, you can't ask them questions. You can't do, like, when you're in an audition, certain way that you have to stand or approach things. We got the slate and the profile. We've got, we've got tons of, like, you know, little tidbits, right, that mm-hmm. you're learning. And you're learning because as a dance artist or a cheerleading professional, you are privy to muscle memory and discipline, you know, especially if you're classically trained. So you see this as an honor and you approach it with that, you know, and honor, gratitude, honor, gratitude. But at what point are we sacrificing our well-being and our expression are really when it comes down to it, the expression of the way that we train is equivalent, if not higher and greater to the external expression of the way we perform. So I I really do feel that once we get out here, we are taught to be silent and to be quiet. And whenever we do speak up and we ask, we we are regarded as difficult and we are regarded as undeserving and we are 
punished <laughs> with, um, <laughs> with the result of maybe never working again or having a terrible reputation. And it's really quite sad. It makes me really emotional. I like mm -hmm. tear up a lot because for 15 years of my career, like, oh my God, why am I crying? I'm really, oh. it's not even that time of the month. Yeah. It's really that sad. But it's emotional. That emotional for mm -hmm. me. And I hear these horror stories all the time from other dance artists that are like, literally, like friends of mine that I'm like, I'm so inspired by what you do. You guys do the impossible on a daily basis as either, you know, a performer or a movement director, creative director, you wear multiple hats and yet you're really treated like, like you're not like, you're like, I don't know, like canned sardines, like, Ooh, like mm -hmm. dancing monkeys. Like that's one of the titles that I grew up learning about of like, you're just a dancing monkey or you know, background. I freaking hate that word. I yeah. hate that word. That's like, like, that's like, I don't know. Like when I think background, I think like a photo shoot, a uh, curtain wall. I was about <laughs> to say wallpaper. You know, like, wallpaper. Right? like I think about like the flowers that I buy in my, my vase. <laughs> like, right. I think right. about like set dressing and, and props. Like, the last thing I think about is an actual human being and really an extraordinary human being at that, that we could be told, you know, time and time again, no matter what field, like of the industry that we sit in, we can be told that we are replaceable, which mm. what? Like, yep. I don't know about you, but there ain't not another Taj Riley that I see around here in these parts. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. and we're told that we are lower than, you know, not as important as A, yes. B, C, D, E, F, G, like literally to the point yes. it's written. It's really written. I feel like the subtext in the union that it represents us is really like, we'll protect everybody except for y'all folks <laughs> y'all are respected except for when we need to make sure actresses are respected except for when we need to make sure stunt performers are accepted except for when we need to make sure that singers recording artists are respected like we are literally viewed as the lowest paid on the totem pole, on the totem pole. we are right next oh. to extras and we are not extras and we no. do the roles and we do the stand-in roles and we do the model roles and we do the makeup artist roles and we do the wardrobe stylist roles. We do the hairstylist roles. Like we do the promoter and influencer roles, the client relations roles, like the publicity role. Like we literally do it. All of that. All, but yet we're not regarded in not one category with the same equal respect as somebody that is a professional in that field. In that field. I'm sorry. Okay. No, I'm just, I'm like trying to like. Because... It's like, like, and that is the topic. <laughs> <laughs> but it's very, it's just so many parallels, so many parallels. And I just think it's almost, except that professional cheerleaders are not represented by a union. 
And I know I've been talking about that, so I've been booing the face as part of the podcast, but to even hear that if you are represented by a union and then just kind of where you might sit in the totem pole or the uh, perceived importance of the rest of the people that are protected by that union is obviously really concerning. There's so many things to unpack. Bear with me because I want to get into what you were talking about because <laughs> there's just so much. You had a post about like outlining a lot of these issues and like industry problems and you even offered solutions, yeah. you know, and what you just touched on that dancers are wearing so many different hats and have so many different expectations of them to just fill in, you know, like do your own hair, go get your own outfits, uh, not being reimbursed for your expenses. There's so many things that you were outlining. How did we get here? Was this always the case that, you know, the dancers were in this space of having to dealing with this treatment? I remember hearing you say somewhere that it's actually gotten worse. It used to be slightly worse. better. It got, it got way worse. In way worse. Of, okay. Obviously, you have to consider these variables, right? When I look about, okay, worse. I consider the variable of inflation, you know, for the right. economy, you know, where we are, right? How music, the music industry has changed and That's we are changed. under the thumb of the music industry. How the fashion industry has changed and elevated mm -hmm. and we are underneath that industry as well now. Um, mm -hmm. Where we weren't always, we weren't always. Visual art industry, that's changed. And we weren't yeah. even in that industry where we are art. And we were not, again, with the category of quote unquote worse, we were not dancing in the way that we're dancing now. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. if you look like into the 1930s, 40s, 50s, 60s, it was still a high level of athletic ability that you had to have in order to hang with these people. The people that I'm talking about were also viewed as multi-hyphenate, you know, performers. They mm -hmm. were threats, every single one of them, every single movie star back then, you know? It was like, dancing. you couldn't yeah. do all three, like, who are you trying to be? Like, for right. real, like, you know? And if you do one, great, but you're noted, you're pushed to that side of, maybe B-list, right? You couldn't just do one, you know, if you wanted to be respected in that full A-list light, right? You had to be able to do it all. And, you know, the music industry has changed. We're under the thumb of the music industry. And, you know, it's, it's different the way music is being sold today. Um, mm -hmm. Fashion, the way people are selling and advertising and marketing fashion is different. And that used to be an industry, not that we were, you know, we were underneath that industry as well, but it was like, now we're seeing like the enhancement of fashion and the way that, you know, this content is being born and mm -hmm. we're being utilized in that more so visual art. We weren't even considered to be a part of, and, and now we are so much a part of that. We're, we're entering a new phase of how visual art is perceived for NFTs and cryptocurrency. And yeah, like, I just think there's across the state of where we are, there have been advances that have occurred due to our late and greats, but it's always backtracked because I feel and I mean, you guys can feel free to chime in, but I feel it's because we have no way right now 
of staying on the same page because of mm. the way our culture has reformed and molded and sculpted. There's less, you know, actors that dance and sing. There are less recording artists that dance and act. There, you know what I mean? And then there are mm -hmm. less training dance performers that would like to aspire to do those because we are consciously working towards a personal, you know, individual field as a goal. Mm -hmm. You know, what we were raised as, like, you know, the last the last couple of generations have been raised to just focus on that. Focus one, on one thing. You know, um, and then there's still those few that make it out of the woodwork that just are virtuosos and connoisseurs of their art and craft. Um, and those people still still make it, but like, when I'm thinking about my dance industry and dance community, I'm seeing a whole lot of those people. They just aren't being given those same opportunities because they're only regarded as just background, which yikes, background, like yikes. Once yeah. again, that's a curtain. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right, that is the wallpaper, period. Yeah, that, that's what I would have to say about it. And then, you know, the, because of this, it, it has had a huge effect on documentation too, because obviously if the multifaceted performer that does all three and, and you know, kind of pays homage to their dance training as well as their acting training and their singing training, because they're no longer, you know, a majority of actors that are in the A-list category that can do all three, we are lacking documentation for the continuation of legacies and you know uh, trends and um, mm -hmm. you know creatives that are being born and excelling and doing so so well you know so so right, well. right. that is the topic yeah. I know I know well I think one of the things that I caught in terms of where your activism and I don't know where it started we don't have to like pinpoint a specific moment but I know when you had pointed out just the the lack of attribution to the dancers and music videos and just as one of the thing ways that we could try to like you said build a legacy for those who are out here sacrificing their bodies and building this beautiful body of work and without really having any attribution or a way of tracking all of that so that you can look back on all the work that you've done and know that you're getting the right attribution of being associated with those projects what is the sentiment i would say around dancers that if you were to put your pulse on it like how much are people really passionate about these issues because I often find, at least in this space with Procheer, there's like maybe a few that are vocal and then the rest are just kind of like, I agree with you, maybe, you know, in private or what have you, but aren't really willing to do whatever it takes to kind of stand up behind those issues. What would you say is the pulse of the industry in terms of really caring about doing something to change it? I feel like, and thank you for asking that question. It's a really tricky question. It's a difficult question because you know, as much as like I respect all my friends and colleagues for supporting me, I feel like it's very individual in the extent that they can go due to fear. Mm. You know, fear, yeah. You know, fear versus faith always. And I feel like I've been in this fight, you know, since I was 17, really, because my first job was with one of the greatest performers of our time, which is Janet Jackson. Yeah. And I feel like I was spoiled in, you know, the way that, and, and not even spoiled. When I say spoiled, I mean like I was regarded how I should have been. 
That was the standard. Yeah. You know, but like in viewing dance in that way, I got a chance to really say or see what the protocol is, what the procedure is, and you know, why we get that respect and how to be accountable for receiving that respect and doing your job now, doing your job because you have been regarded and you have been considered. And since then, every job that I've done after that has been a huge, a huge disappointment, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and I say that with the most respect and gratitude for the right. people that I'm working with and some of the experiences I'm having and the productions I'm working on, you know, with that aside, and even sometimes the productions that I'm working on, you know, there's not all that great people, stand up people that are there. Mm -hmm. But you know, what I'm feeling is most people are scared. They're scared. And the reason why I'm not scared is I've reached a point of no return. I know, I feel like I know too much. And I feel like I have seen too much. And Mm -hmm. I'm one of those people, honestly, that really only needs to do things once. Got it. Mm -hmm. I feel like if I do it one good time, I can move on to the next thing, you know? And that's just how I, my perspective of my life, right? But for people, they feel like consistency of that one thing is key. And- And so that's what that's what happens is like, you know, they can't just do one tour. They have to do 17, you know, and and then and after being a touring artist, then they either retire or they moved on, move on to something else. Um, mm-hmm. Not in the dance field because dance doesn't pay bills. So going back to just Pulse here is it's, it's hard. It's yeah. hard to gauge whether they want this. Or not because there's a definitely a comfort that people can grow with kind of status quo and again thinking of like maybe the the opportunities and how hard they are to come by and that just I'm very lucky to be here that that idea of gratitude is obviously very important and key but I just think there's I'm finding that struggle I would say with progress to some extent in the pro cheer space um this is just me as an observer I'm you know, five years out retiring, but, you know, as in talking about a lot of these issues, it just seems that, like you said, there's this fear of what will be lost if you're pushing for more. And what we've seen in our space is, well, they'll just take a team away. They'll just eliminate a team and maybe do something completely different. So I was just curious, and it may just be a resume building goal and objective to just try to take these jobs, even if they're not up to par without really pushing and advocating for for the change that's necessary. Have you experienced any, like, I would say pushback in the in you exercising your voice or using yeah. that voice. Every single corner, every single time, and every single corner, like literally at every turn, um, there's been pushback on every job. There's jobs that I've gone on where I've literally just had to quit mm-hmm. <laughs> because well, well. of the way that I was being treated, and then the response or the reaction would be like okay, now you have to give all the money back that you earned at rehearsals. <laughs> like, No way. Yeah, like I've had responses like that um, where there's been threats even from the production to even the choreographer of telling the agency that, you know, they won't ever select dance artists from that agency. 
if, you know, if I don't cooperate or, you know, things like that. I wow. let relate my personal um, belief system where, you know, I shared that part with other dance artists that were on the job and they were aligned with that and their values, but yet they sacrificed those values because they were afraid mm -hmm. they wouldn't get paid. And um, what ended up happening with that one experience is I ended up getting paid as if I did perform in the show because the choreographer and the artist respected my perspective. Your work. Mm -hmm. um, and, and what I had to say about it, that they went ahead and still compensated me um, as if I did the show with them. So that was that was really interesting to see that and see that uh, happen, you know, especially mm -hmm. after feeling so, it was like one of my favorite artists that I wanted to work with. And I really felt like I really wanted that opportunity. And I felt bad because I was like, you know, it was crazy because it's like I was standing up for my belief and God and, you know, he put me here. <laughs> so, you know, I owe it all to him and I'm, I have to believe. But it was like one of those moments where I was like, okay, where's that belief level? Like, let's go with the belief level. Where is it? And um, I talked to my mom about it and my sister about it during the lunch period. And then I was like, you know what? Y'all right. I got to do what I got to do. And um, if I'm the only one that walks out, I'm the only one that walks out. And I was the only one that walks out despite, you know, good 30, 35 girls that shared the same respect. Same stuff. Same, mm. same problem they were struggling with, but yet they still did it, you know? And, and there's a lot of times on jobs where, you know, respectfully, like, my colleagues and even sometimes I'm guilty of doing this is still like paying homage and giving gratitude and saying this is an honor and you know I'm so glad to work with it but yet behind the scenes we were seriously disrespected we were treated mm. really bad and yet you know we still find a way to say we're grateful because we don't want we want to be asked back you want to work yeah you want to work a job and mm -hmm. that's the only reason. And I, I feel like if we were put in the same position, but yet we were doing these jobs just cause we loved it, you know, just cause we loved it. It wasn't for the money because we already had that. Um, we were already taken care of and we're getting paid off of maybe just that one gig that we did for the next two years. I feel like if that was the case, we would have a different language. We will walk different. You know, mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. you know, like it took for me to get to a certain space in my career where I was like, you know, what? I don't care who doesn't hire me anymore. And there's a lot of choreographers that I worked with back in the day that don't hire me. They don't hire me because they know that I'm going to be the one that speaks up or makes things difficult. And, you know, mm -hmm. and, and that's where, you know, in my amount of connections or relationships that I've created in the industry where I'm so uh, like proud and inspired to also have friends that even if they don't agree with everything that I say, they know my professional capabilities. And like, uh, Paris has been one of those people for me over the past, you know, four years is like, despite, you know, what I may say about the industry and where we are and things that need to advance. 
he still thinks highly of me and still gives me opportunities to work and um, values what I have to say and has listened over the years. It's been an evolution of listening and, and um, taking in and processing some of the perspective that I have as a dance artist. And, you know, it's not that she never fought for, you know, dance artists, but I think now sharing that perspective or hearing that perspective for me is different, you know, and I'm not saying that it's all thanks to me or anything like that, but I am saying that sometimes people use the education. Yes. These choreographers are just as afraid to stand up because they're still- well, They need to work. They're, they're also on that same thumb. So, you know, it's, it's, um, it's an interesting thing, but by pushback, meaning resistance, yes, but doesn't everything that, you know, would have a great change be resistance or, you know, call for some resistance or right. some pressure being thrown in, um, some risk taking to happen. And I just think maybe I'm just that risk taker right now. Um, mm -hmm. I would love for others to be but I can't demand that from others because their situations or, or where they feel their situations are, even if they are equal to mine, they may not see it the same way. No, it's a loaded issue. And I think, again, there's just so many similarities in terms of where that dynamic between having fear and, and having courage at the same time. And like you said, any change may not be popular and it's gonna involve a lot of risk-taking. I like how you're kind of appealing to everybody involved. Like you said, there's like an an infrastructure, for lack of a better word, of all these different stakeholders that are part of this community, from the dancers themselves, to the choreographers, to the artists, um, the production houses, the agencies, the unions. And so how do you see this all potentially coming together? Like you said, I know there's education is a big piece of that. Um, but how do you get the various perspectives to understand where, where everybody else is coming from so we can kind of push the industry forward in the right direction? It's a long, it's a long journey. I have mm -hmm. a plan, though. I have a plan, okay. but I can't disclose everything about that plan. Okay. Um, due to the fact, and the only reason why I'm saying that is because I know that I owe it to my community if, if I have this perspective to be the person that helps push that along. Well, with that. Mm -hmm. Especially because I feel this strongly. I, I, my only concern in sharing literally everything that I'm working on is that somebody might go and do this and not share the same ideals or the same values. And I feel like there's gonna be a period of time where I can invite others to join in what I'm Joining. doing. Yeah. And I feel like that might be the way for now, just because I haven't really seen anybody else stand up, you know? People have definitely regarded me and appreciated me and reposted me and engaged, right? But th there has to be a, okay, so what are we gonna do? What's the What are we gonna do? Exactly. Jump on a phone, can we get a phone call? Can I, can I make some calls? Can I hit some, like, I think that's the, the attitude and the approach that I know I'm looking for. Um, mm -hmm. And I've already done some outreach in regards to what I'm, my plan. Um, yeah. And I've gotten an incredible response and I've gathered an incredible team, you know, but 
it has to go beyond just me because it's not just about me. And I feel like there are some people that could be seeing this. I always have to consider and play, you know, devil's advocate or yeah. and consider the fact that maybe some people are looking at me and thinking, you know, she's just doing it. She thinks it's about her. Yeah. No, and that's I'm utilizing myself because number one, yeah. you know, we can't forget, we cannot forget the number one way to advertise and sell is sex for, for better or for worse, you know, yep. appeal, you know, and I remember growing up in this industry and attending some of these dancers alliance meetings and union meetings and feeling like, well, this is cute, but it's not that cute. <laughs> I mean, this is cute, but where's the party at? <laughs> right, right, right. Sir, where's the sponsor? Like, I'm like thinking to myself, okay, but where's my entertainment? And like, and these are valid. This is valid because this is literally how the new millennial generation thinks as a whole. It's like, mm -hmm. you gotta make it seem hot. You have to make advocacy seem hot. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Change seem seem hot and activism seem cool. I mean, like I know that they're doing. They're like gearing up to. Not that I agree with this, but they're gearing up to do some environmentalist game show or activist game show. Oh yeah, I heard about that. For their cause, when I'm like, okay, well, that's taking it too far. I definitely could be using that production money to aid in the cause. Right. Um, but yeah, I do think if I'm going to generally speak about solutions, awareness is first. Education mm -hmm. and awareness is first. We all got to get on the same page. And so the more you can share, even if you don't like me, if you like what I'm sharing about and, and, and my taking my perspective and you're agreeing with these things, the best thing you can do right now is repost, share, and comment on. It's not just about, you know, my peace treaty to the industry. Right. Or, you know, fight, you know, tactic or slogan or PSA. I'm only playing that face card because of my platform. It's just literally how my platform works. I've been testing it out over the last couple of months of what helps more eyes see this. You know, mm -hmm. and there's a couple of different variables that I've been playing around with in order to get out this information. And I don't know if I've found the consistent niche yet, but I've tried multiple ways that could allow just about anyone to maybe hop on my page and find something that they like or something that aligns with their platform, mm -hmm. whether it is, you know, my face on it or it's my information, you know. Yeah. And I think that if we can get more people to share and post and create, you know, based off of the things that maybe I've created, remix it, you know, do it with your face on there, you know, do the mm -hmm. same thing, same post. Don't need to credit me. Like, it's not about me. It's about the dance industry you can use my tags you can use my handle as a reference if you don't have enough information that i have but like above all when we're sharing and we're taking a space together to fight for what we believe in it cannot just be one 
you know, mm-hmm. it's not, it wasn't just Barack Obama. It was Michelle and his family and his supporters. And it was his team. And it was also even other world leaders. You know what I mean? Like it was right. all of these people together. And Malcolm X, same thing. Martin Luther King, same thing. If there was not impact through the face of a community of people that believe in the same thing, then it wasn't heard to the people that cannot relate. Because there are people, the thing is, this isn't really a message for the dance community. The dance community knows how knows to the issues. Yeah, exactly. This is a message for the people outside of our community to get them exactly level it up and elevate us and empower us and uplift us and you know support us in this battle just like for lgbtqia like Mm -hmm. yes i am considered part of that community but do i have to be afraid when i walk down the street because i decided to change my my gender or my parts no i don't have Mm -hmm. that fight no i am i'm a african-american female however and I do have that fight. Right. But like, even if we're not relating, I'm still relating to the fact that we should all be treated equal. And that's what everybody wants. We should that's all equal. have equitable treatment and conditions. Yeah. There's, period. Enough, there's enough money to go around. There's enough love to go around and to appreciate entertainment. And there's literally something for everybody that one individual like myself or somebody else like they may be that person that changes that other one person's life that could have been like two stress days away from cancer. Two. You mm-hmm. just don't know how you're blessing yeah. people and how you're affecting people. And that's like the larger message behind this is that in elevating the respect for dance creatives, it could change the world, you know, because of what dance has the ability to do to people. And, exactly. Um, and I think we would take more pride in our jobs because that's also been, you know, a challenge because of how we've been treated. We're starting to be like, well, then I'm not going to do all of that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's like, it's not no. worth my time. No. No. <laughs> right, right. Um, so I think that we will take more pride in even passing the love on to other people, giving more opportunities to people. There's a lot of choreographers that I wouldn't say hog their artists, but I would say they feel concerned that if they let mm-hmm. certain people into their camp, that their jobs are going to get yeah, taken. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. You know, to that, I say, what is for you is for you. It can only be for you. Right. But yeah, like there's even people like that. There's some dance artists that feel like, I can't show this person love because then she gonna get a big head and then like she's very similar to my style and then like <laughs> it's like yeah. no it's, it's totally valid because we are in this for yourself platform kind of thing industry that's what we've been taught but like right. to make great impact I want to be like in a, a team of Avengers. I want to be X Men, team of X Men. I want to be part of that. Yeah, I love this conversation because it's just flowed. Like literally every question I think I've had on here, the conversation has just evolved. But I just want to thank you for 
using your voice and using your platform to to spread light to these issues. I mean, I feel like a whole other hour can be digging into these issues one by one, but I will definitely be posting. I think, like I said, you laid it out very nicely, just the, the industry problems and concerns and possible solutions. I look forward to hearing more about your plan and just being able to share ways of getting involved. I think we need leaders like you, but I also love how you're hopefully inspiring other people to just join the fight, become one of the Avengers and really doing everybody at every level, doing their part to, to bring about change. And hopefully it will inspire this pro cheer and dance community as well, because so many commonalities, it's ridiculous. And like the issues that you're talking about around safety, like health, considerations, uh, like just so many things. And it's getting better, but we do have a ways to go. And I just think we're a broader community that are connected, whether we, you know, we cheered or not. I think, like I said, a lot of people have this desire to move into this space when they retire. And I just think we have to be plugged into these issues and be thinking about what we're going to contribute to towards the solution too. For sure. So. And, like, and honestly, like, it's a short period of time before, you know, I can like disclose like, my plan or my strategy yeah. like that but during this space of building you know this is a global concern you know this is not just even this is not just the united states like this is mm -hmm. problems in canada there's problems in the uk there's problems in nigeria there's problems in peru there's problems in brazil like I'm, I'm i'm hearing about it france germany poland like mm -hmm just really amazing capitals around the world with dance creatives. Let's keep the conversation going. I'm just really pleased that you shared your time and just the courage and the willingness to use your platform in this way. Cause it's really, especially when you're faced with adversity and just trying to do the right thing and trying to hold the right people accountable for different things. I think it's sometimes it can be demoralizing and I just want you to know you're inspiring more people than you could ever know. Thank you so much. Definitely. Yeah, I really appreciate it. I want to stay in support of what you're doing too because oh, there are thank a lot you. of people that I'd love to be educated on in regards to awareness of, of cheerleading because I do consider that as like a field in dance. Um, and there's other things that go into it like stunt performance, but it is still part of that movement creative field. We've, we've gotten lost in translation, not just with documentation, but vocabulary, language, yeah. verbiage that's not divisive but also just shows that we're all under the same umbrella yeah right. i could talk to you forever i already know <laughs> i really really hope that we stay in touch again thank you so much it was such a pleasure meeting you thank you so much and i'll talk to you soon yeah okay. i'm super excited to work with me you me too you have a wonderful one and thank you again for your time all right bye makiba bye Thanks so much for listening to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. You can follow your favorite podcast on social media at Pro Cheerleading Podcast on Instagram, at Pro Cheer Podcast on Twitter. We're on Facebook, on YouTube, and you can support your favorite podcast on Patreon. Until next time, keep your eyes on the sidelines.